Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 125 of the Quickie Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and I am so glad you are here. Today, my guest is Lisa Kane from Lisa Kane Design in Chicago, Illinois. Lisa has been designing for 22 plus years and is kicking butt. She started in the game even before software really became a thing. She talks about the one book that introduced her to creativity that really sparked her creative interest in that path for her. We also get into stories about the challenge that she faced when she was rebuilding her career, her freelance career, um, you know, going home, work and family balance and trying to manage all of that. And I know that that is a common thing for people who are in that day job hustle, but really want that side job to be the main gig. So that's a good part. And I don't know why it took this long, but I was introduced for the first time to workingnotworking.com by Lisa. She gave that a shout out and talks about the incredible jobs that she's gotten through that platform. I don't think gotten is a word, but I'm going with it. LinkedIn also gets a shout out at the end of this episode, and Lisa tells us what it has done for her career in making connections. Ladies and gentlemen, Lisa is so kind, and I'm so glad she could come on and share her story with us. So let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, Lisa Kane. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Hi, Lisa. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. So I ask all my guests at the beginning of each episode, are you ready for a quickie? I am. Excellent. So now the hard stuff. Briefly tell the listeners about yourself. I am Lisa Kane of Lisa Kane Design. Uh, it's located just outside of Chicago. Um, I do design for associations, nonprofits, um, in the healthcare and medical field. Um, as well as educational organizations mm-hmm. and some small startups. Very cool. Okay, so how long have you been freelancing under Lisa Kane for? Uh, about 13 years. 13 years. Amazing. 13. And <laughs> before those 13 years, were you studio life? What did you have going on then? Uh, it was I was a graphic designer and an associate creative director uh, for various studios and mostly in the corporate field. Gotcha. So you were in corporate before then. I was in corporate. <laughs> Perfect. And how does it feel to be out on your own? Wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> Great <Perfect>. transition. <laughs> Good. And how long were you in studios and that before? Um, about uh, nine years before okay. the transition. Yeah. Got it. So safe to say that you have been hammering through this crazy design world for the better part of 22 years. Well, two years. Am I dating myself? <laughs> <laughs> 
and Lisa is 27 years old, so she got started oh. early. <laughs> so right. you really started um, sort of like pre-Adobe software, like you yes. had been through the software runaround. Yes, yes. Okay. When, I, when I started school, it was old school using uh, Zipatone and Letraset letters and yeah, okay. boards. <laughs> okay, I haven't even heard of those. Now I'm <laughs> dating myself. <laughs> Awesome. Okay. So I want to go back even further to that. And I wanted to sort of put together the steps to get to here where you are now. And I start by doing that by going back to your childhood. And what was that like? Do you feel you had a creative childhood that sort of pointed you in this career path? Absolutely. My childhood was really creative. I think my mom was a really big influence. Uh, She was always sewing and making things and just making the house beautiful. I really think she missed her calling. She should have been an interior designer. <laughs> but um, very, very creative uh, childhood. Um, she bought a book of, well, a set of encyclopedias. And with the encyclopedias came this set of books called Childcraft. Okay. And there's this one book that I loved called Make and Do. And Make and Do. Make and do, and you could make like a ton of just things using things around the house, all these different crafts. So I made all of these crafts, threw them in a bag, took them to school, asked my teacher, could I pass them out to my classmates? And mm-hmm. they looked at me like I was crazy, but <laughs> I was always being creative, yeah, with the make and do book. Um, or just drawing, I don't know if you remember the, um, the TV guide. I would be over my mm-hmm. grandma's house, bored, and it would be like this advertisement, go to art school if you can copy this illustration of a, a pirate. And I was too young to you know, do it, but I was always you know, copying the illustration, trying to draw, and they never responded, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was too young. That was their like, way of up. trying to like find their next graphic designers. <laughs> like, look, you need to draw right. this pirate, send it in to us. You might get a job. Right, right. I loved um, just uh, colored paper, or I would get so excited over the the 48-pack of crayons with the the sharpener in the back of the box. Crazy. Yeah. (laughs) I totally remember those. Um, So I want to just quickly touch on that book that you had mentioned, the Make and Do book. Was that your first, I guess, sort of big introduction to creativity and exploring creativity? I would say absolutely. Yeah. Very yep. cool. Okay. So the make and do book, then you're making things for classmates or handing it out. You're just all over this creative. And what is, what's sort of the next step? Do you start noticing design over in the world then? Or when are you introduced to design? I think I was introduced to design in high school. Uh, it was my senior year and I had completed, you know, all of my requirements for graduation. So uh, in my senior year, I took all art classes and photography classes. So I was really immersed in it, had wonderful art teachers. And um, occasionally we would have alumni come in and they were from, you know, local art schools in Chicago mm-hmm. and they would show us our, their portfolio and, you know, things they were working on. I was just really intrigued. So I knew, I knew before I graduated that I wanted to go into the graphic design field. Very cool. So it was the sort of sort of piecing together what would become sort of an art degree, essentially, in the, in the design mm-hmm. field. Yes. Okay. Yep. 
Got it. And then graduation, then studio life. And now here you are, Lisa Kane, 13 years in. Well, it wasn't that simple. I, I <laughs> kind of took a detour. I really, I took a detour. I went to community college for a couple of years. I, I remember looking at a brochure. I wanted to go to the Art Institute of Chicago. Yeah. And I showed it to my dad. And he's just like, are you crazy? He took one look at the tuition. Right. He's like, I think you should take some secretarial classes. You know, he, <laughs> he didn't know. He, he nope. blue collar worker. He thought I was going to be a starving artist. So, no. yeah, I took a took a little detour, and actually, I didn't become a graphic designer truly until I was thirty. Got it. So you basically yeah. were heading in the you know just the community college secretarial field. And what was the moment where you went, Nah, this ain't for me. Actually, it was before then, before I was, a, well, it was before I was a secretary, I did go to school for fashion merchandising, mm-hmm. um, became a visual merchandiser, actually designed windows for a big retailer downtown Chicago, played mm-hmm. with mannequins, set up um, fashion shows, things mm-hmm. like that. And then I decided I wanted to go back to school. Graphic design was, you know, truly my heart's calling. Mm-hmm. And that's when I finally finished. That's so awesome to to know that and to realize that. And then finally, after all of the, you know, curveballs and, you know, turnarounds and turns in the career, you get to that point where you're doing it. How fulfilling did that feel? It was great. It was great. And it's, it's, you know, there's been ups and downs, but I'm always like thankful every day that I finally I'm doing what I really love. Mm -hmm. So good. Okay, Lisa, what do you think stands out as <clears throat> the most influential design of your life so far? Um, I'd say something that I've worked on. It could be something that you've worked on. It could be something that you've seen um, and has just stuck with you through your career. It could be any of that. I'm going to, I like to talk about something I worked on. It was for the Organization of Autism Research. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did it a few years ago. It's called the Kit for Kids, and um, it's basically a really fun fold-out brochure. It comes with a poster, and um, teachers present it to the kids in the classroom and teach them about, you know, people on the autism spectrum and how they interact with them and, you know, just different things like that. And I just think it's a wonderful piece. It's been around a few years. We've translated it into different languages and uh it's touched children i think uh 118,000 children all over the world wow. up to date so it's huge it's huge because my son's on the autism spectrum so so not you know, only I, is it close to home but it's a very mm-hmm. impactful piece it is it is close to heart mm-hmm. got it um who are some of the designers and brands that you look up to and closely follow and what about them do you like uh, I love uh, Von Glitschka. Love his illustration style. He he's just absolutely amazing with his illustrations. Uh-huh. Um, I love uh, Justin Aarons. I love what he stands for as well as his style. He's, um, in my opinion, a socially responsible designer. Hmm. So I love that. Yeah. Got it. And so it's their style and their. Um, maybe not belief system, but their purpose for design that exactly. really stands out to you. Mm-hmm. Got yeah. it. All right, Lisa. 
Um, I'm going to get a little bit into print and packaging. And I want to hear through your, because you're designing for not-for-profits, you're designing for associations. Um, and I just got this feeling that there's a fair amount of print involved with that. Yes. So I want to hear about how print and packaging is being utilized with in your design career and with some of your customers. Okay. Um, print, it, it's mostly all print. It's, it's a little bit of digital, but mostly all print. Right. A lot of it is uh, marketing collateral, a lot, a lot of uh, event marketing collateral that, that goes into with associations and nonprofits, mm -hmm. um, some publications, annual reports, things like that. Got it. So a wide variety of printed stuff. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And why do you think they're, uh, you know, why do you think print is still used so heavily there instead of digital? That's a good question. I think it it connects with the, the their target audience. Some I think people want to still feel something tangible in their hands, mm -hmm. and they connect with it. So, what was the? Or do you remember the first print project that you actually designed and put together? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> Off script was, here, sorry. <laughs> I, I, it was my first uh, design job right out of school. Mm -hmm. uh, for I don't know if you remember the company US Robotics. They designed yep. the, mo the modems. Yeah. And it was just some in house pieces, um, posters for in house. Okay. So yeah. when you went from screen designing to holding that poster in your hand or seeing it up around oh. the building. What was that feeling? It's awesome. Awesome. And it was all, it, it was every time something was printed, when you got those printed samples, it was like Christmas. So even still? Yes. Yes. Even still, I just completed an annual report and just getting those samples is, it's wonderful. Awesome. Are you like me yeah. where you open it up and you just smell it? You smell the paper. <laughs> yes. And feel it and touch yeah. it. And, I close yeah. my eyes and I feel it. What am I thinking? Yes. What does it make me think of? And, you know, if if it makes you think of something that the company is aligned with or that, or if it feels like something the brand stands for, you know, mm -hmm. you've done your job in the paper selection mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, even still, I get direct mail to the house and I'll come home from work and I'll see it on the counter there and I'll pick it up. And first thing I do, I smell it. I don't know why. <laughs> I can't be nope. the only one. I really hope I'm not. <laughs> nope. You're not. <laughs> okay. Thank goodness. Okay. So print still heavily utilized in your, in your career. Excellent. It is. Yeah. So because you have been at this design field and been through a big journey in this design world, I'm really excited, sorry to say, to get into these challenges. Um, okay. The next couple of questions I have are about challenging times and struggles that you've faced in your design career so far. And I know there's some knowledge there and some inspiration, and I really want to share those stories with the listeners. Um, but I promise, Lisa, we'll turn it around and we'll end in a happy place. Okay. Um, so what has been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging? And how did you get through it? Um, I'd say the most challenging really wasn't dealing with an actual project, mm -hmm. but kind of like uh, work-family balance, mm -hmm. um, working in a corporate uh, field and environment, 
and really wanted to be home with my kids, really wanted to make that transition to be a freelancer. And so uh, during that challenging time, you know, working a nine to five, but then, you know, burning the candle at both ends, coming home and, you know, building that client, the freelance client base and working till 2 a.m. in the morning and getting up and doing it all over again and just, you know, kind of seeing that light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. So how long was that grind for you? Uh, Three years. Three years of just grinding it out. You come home, you've got family and kids and responsibilities there. Yes. Tuck them into bed. And as soon as they're actually asleep, because I know that's never the first time you tuck them in. (laughs) Or sometimes working with them in my lap. (laughs) Totally. Yep. Yes. So yeah, that would definitely be the challenging, basically trying to keep up with all the responsibilities. And was there any, any moment during that process where you said, why am I doing this? And really questioned the direction? No, I don't, I don't think I ever questioned it. No, Mm -hmm. I I think the only, it was a little fear of making that actual leap, you know, going from, okay, I know I have a steady paycheck to, okay, now I have to, you know, rely on myself. Truly. Mm -hmm. That was, that was a little um, scary, but no, I've always, straight ahead that has been your path and it just felt right even though it was mm-hmm. hard yes so yes. awesome mm-hmm. okay now i would like to hear a story about a specific designer project that you were a part of that did not mm-hmm. go well or bring the desired result um what was that like how did that feel can you take us to that story uh it was uh kind of a little hurtful a little frustrating uh, really excited to work on a project for a new client. Mm-hmm. Um, and this particular client um, gave me a lot of flexibility to be really creative. They were really open to my ideas and just kind of letting me run with it. So okay. really excited to design the project and um, got a, um, was able to have it die cut and choose paper you know sometimes with clients you don't even get to choose the paper mm-hmm. and um even you know had a had in in-person meetings with the client in-person meetings with the printer everybody's on the same page and then when the samples come back it's printed on a totally different paper that you didn't choose and you weren't part of that decision mm. really frustrating really frustrating so did you dissect that situation and find out whether that was a printer error or the client changed it and didn't tell you? I did I, I, a little bit and I didn't push it too much because it was a new client. I didn't mm-hmm. want to step on any toes. So that was kind of hard, but um, I did talk to the printer and um, I guess it was uh, a financial decision, but it would have been nice to have been included, you know, in that conversation. Totally. So you feel kind of stuck. You feel a little bit frustrated. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, you're not paying the print bill. So you kind of have, right. you're, you're stuck. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. That's where you go from those projects that are so exciting and you're really excited to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And then you get a say in them and you're like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. This is finally mm-hmm. coming together and my choices are going to be shown. And then you get yep. it in your hands and it's different. Yep. Uh, yeah, I feel that one in my gut for you. <laughs> um, 
Lisa, what is something you're struggling with in your design career right now? Um, I would say um, a little bit of balance in time management. Recently, I I say for like the last three weeks, mm-hmm. I just I shut down on Friday and say I'm going to recharge over the weekend, and, and, and unless there's something really pressing, I'm going to stick to that. So. I think right now that's a, a bit challenging, just not touching the computer for the weekend and just kind of mm-hmm. taking time to recharge for myself. Isn't yeah. that incredible? It's, it's so hard to pull ourselves out of this like work mindset. Mm-hmm. Like, and my wife points this out to me all the time. It's the you know the society has built this culture of the harder you work, the more successful you are. Exactly. So yep. you, nobody wants to feel unsuccessful, right? But oh, yeah, battling. I am battling <laughs> that just that that stuff right now as well. So yeah. I feel it there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Lisa. I'm turning this bus around. Um, now I want to hear about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of. One that just makes your heart sing, or maybe it's the biggest design feather in your cap. Actually, there's a couple of them. Uh-huh. Um, one recently was for the League of Chicago Theaters. Uh, I designed a brochure for them, and I was able to collaborate with the ad agency that they were working with. Uh-huh. And it was, again, a lot of design freedom. It was a lot of fun to work with that, that group. But just to see that finished product, not just the brochure, but the collaboration of everything that went along with it. You know, you happen to be downtown and you see banners up, you know, outside and signage and you go, oh, I'm a, I was a part of that. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was, it's really cool. And they're still up now. So it's really cool seeing that. So when you see stuff like that, do you kind of like nudge somebody on the street and be like, hey, you dig that? Uh, no. <laughs> you like that? I no, that. I'll take a picture of it. <laughs> <laughs> Save that one for the gram. Right, right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> awesome. And what was the other one that you wanted to mention? Um, the other one was with the studio that I'm working with out of California. It's called One Light Studios. We're working on a few projects for the Vatican Museum. Wow. So that's, yeah, that's really cool. That is a, that's a name that you can throw around. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. And how, so how did that come about? Was this a partnership with the studio? Like, how did you build that relationship to be that freelancer? Actually, that came about through a website called Working Not Working. Have you heard of that? No. It's kind of like a, a freelance website, and you have to be invited to join. Okay. So um, I'm not sure who found this, but someone invited me. You join, you you put your work up there, and then they have all these um, projects. And the projects are really great, like with Apple, Adidas, really, you know, high-end projects. And um, I just submitted my information for a particular project, and I had no idea it was going to be for the Vatican Museum. Wow. Okay. So what is this website called? Working, not working. Working, not working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That, uh, I have never heard of working, not working before. Okay. I got to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So they, you basically, the jobs get put up on this site. Yes. And then you as a designer, if you've had an invitation to the site, you are yes. able to 
almost pitch for for jobs or put exactly. your name in the hat and put then they're able to see the work and see who aligns mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. Or they'll just find you and say they like really like your work and they'll, you know, approach you for particular, you know, projects. Very cool. How long have you been a part of working, not working? Um, I think about a year. About a year now. Yeah. Super yep. cool. Yep. I love that. I love hearing exciting new sites and stuff that I haven't yeah. heard of. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so outside of working, not working.com, um, what is one design product tool website or a community that you just can't live without? For me, I, I really think, um, it's LinkedIn. Oh my um, gosh. Am I so glad you said that? I didn't, I didn't really, I wasn't that active on, I've been part of LinkedIn for years, but I wasn't that active until this year mm-hmm. and it's made a huge difference. I, just inside of what it's nine months, I've gotten six clients just from LinkedIn. Okay. How I, I really want to hear how you're utilizing LinkedIn. <laughs> um, just like social media, I will, you know, I have my, I, I think this is definitely a way for you to have your profile. You got to mm-hmm. have that all straight. But um, just treating it as social media, posting something that I just finished working on or, you know, kind of treating it like Instagram, put filler in there, some quotes or something or something behind the scene photos. And I think people really appreciated your um, the people that are following you or the people that you're linked in with are going to see it. And um, I, I constantly have people contacting me. LinkedIn. That's awesome. And and so two things that I wanted to touch on there. Uh, first is a question. When you are putting things up there on Instagram, you know, you may have pictures of your dog and pictures of your kids and things like that. Do you put that on LinkedIn as well? Or is that not the place for that? Um, I put my dog up there once, but it was work related. So, okay. There no, you go. Really. So there's a, there's a work tie in. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Perfect. This is what keeps me company while I'm working. Yep. Yep. So you He's got the time. <laughs> okay, but primarily it's 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 work, it's business behind the scenes. It's it's related yep. to your um, your field of expertise. Yep, exactly. Got it. The second uh, point that I wanted to sort of touch on with LinkedIn here is when somebody reaches out to you on Instagram, you don't know the legitimacy of who that person is, will they be able to pay my bill? Do they actually want my services? Are they actually who they say they are? You don't know that. On LinkedIn, you've got a direct profile of who is reaching out to you. You can see their employment history, their education, a description about themselves. It immediately legitimizes every Mm -hmm. single message and and, um, inquiry you get Mm -hmm. through LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yep. So have you used it at all to seek out customers that you wanted to work with or deal with? I have not. Um, I have not. It, when, when I, it seems like for me to, to make it work, if I'm seeking out a particular project, I'll either post something, you know, along that lines, mm-hmm. or you know what works really well is uh, creating a video, a little short promo video of something that I worked on. And that really seems to connect to people. Very cool. 
Um, I would encourage you to use it also as a prospecting tool. If there is a company or two that you would love to work with, maybe it's um, ABC Surfboards and you're dying to do some work with ABC Mm -hmm. Surfboards, you can use LinkedIn to find out the exact one or two contacts that you should be contacting at that business. And I've used it on the sales side for so many years and it is dynamite dynamite yeah. in connecting yeah. with opportunities and prospects. Okay. Wonderful. There you go. Gosh, I'm so glad Thank we touched you. on that. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah. All right, Lisa, you've reached the most terrifying part of the show, the ask it forward <laughs> question. <laughs> so I have a question for you from my last guest and you get the opportunity to ask a question of my next guest. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can ask them anything. So saying that, My last guest was Brendan Bayard. He's the creative director and partner at Tilt Labs in Baton Rouge. And uh, he wanted to ask, what is the most unlikely place you have found design inspiration? Okay. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to say in my own backyard. Okay. Expand on that. What have you seen? Oh, my backyard is like a jungle. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, I think I go back in my backyard just to kind of unwind mm-hmm. and just the trees and the breeze and the birds and the crickets chirping. It just kind of calms everything down and clears my head and, you know, the inspiration flows. So you could say it's not really, you know, the Instagrams, it's not, you know, the places, the design websites where people are looking to see logos, to see designs, to see inspiration. It's found in the calm of the tranquility of your backyard. Mm -hmm. Got it. I like how you said it. Um, Lisa, what is your ask it forward question? Um. My ask it for a question uh, has to do with um, doing something for yourself. Right now, um, I'm finding great joy in doing side projects. Um, I'm doing some photography of my dog. I'm doing a, a show It's in the gallery, and I'm really excited about it. And so it, it kind of nurtures the artist in me. So my question is, how do you nurture the artist in you? Ooh, I like it. Lisa, you've made it to the end of the Quickie Podcast. Thank you so much for your time and for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. That is the end of today's episode, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. I will be back tomorrow with Friday's episode. We'll see how we end the week. Thanks again. See you tomorrow.